Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Pandola Project. This is your host, Matt Pandola, with your Monday motivation. Monday motivation, indeed. Hello, I am Jake Parker, and this is episode 46, here to talk about sleep and recovery. Matt, I would first of all be remiss if we didn't mention this is our first recording since the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant and his daughter and the seven other passengers in an awful tragic helicopter accident in california this past week and we just wanted to say that uh, our hearts go out to everyone affected by it i know that he was a huge public figure and a lot of people are taking it very heavily it's a tragic situation and uh, we just wanted to show some respect to the families and those affected yeah jake this is a hard one it just does remind i think all of us not to take our lives for granted and it's very precious every moment Make the most of it, man. And that's what we're here for. We're here to incrementally improve our lives and hopefully help you along your journey toward the same. So today's topic is sleep and recovery. This one is near and dear to my heart, Matt, because I love my sleep. I love my recovery. I just don't love how it doesn't really get the attention it deserves. If you look for, you know, general fitness industry things online, it's all about that grind and seems to give the impression that if you're taking time to recover, you are somehow weak, and we're here to dispel that. So yeah, Jake, I would say that work plus rest equals success. That's an important motto that we all remember. In fact, we're going to be talking on Wednesday about the work part more. So make sure that you are listening on Wednesday to how we do want to do the work and how that can be more productive. But without the rest, all of that work is not as effective as we want it to be. So let's make sure that we are focused on our recovery. Yeah, because don't forget that when you are take exercising for example that is a breaking down process the whole point I, I think for most people is to build back up and we forget that that comes from recovery recovery being how you're eating and how you're sleeping and how you're taking care of yourself after and apart from the work that you do yeah jake so my blood pressure can be a problem for me when I don't get enough recovery. I'm a little bit more stressed. This certainly has something to do with my genetics, but it's also something that I can help to regulate or control with good sleeping patterns and good rituals. So I want to regulate my sodium. And overall, Jake, I want to make sure that I am getting in adequate recovery so that I truly am getting healthier as I'm challenging myself through these particular goals. Yeah, I get that. I definitely get the sleep. I am guilty of it myself when I'm doing these projects. I tend to let go of my really strict sleeping habits and I will stay up later. Sometimes I will get up as early as usual and sometimes I'm too tired and I just won't. And I know that's a problem because your sleep obviously is critical, but something that I can speak to is cortisol. Cortisol is a hormone that can affect all kinds of things, and it's increased when you get less sleep. And cortisol is not something you want too much of. It's going to have an effect on, like you're talking about, your blood pressure, Matt. It has to do with your immune system and your tissue strength and lots of aspects of your recovery. But basically, if you're not getting enough sleep, your cortisol levels are going to increase and and after a certain point, that is not what you want. Absolutely important to remember that in order to recover, in order to get the body stronger, we need 
human growth hormone, which actually gets released a lot more between about 10 o'clock at night and six in the morning. So that's roughly the eight hour window that we like to be in. But in general, we're talking about sun setting, sun rising, and our bodies are adjusted. Yeah, unless you're working the graveyard shift and your circadian rhythm is all off. But the majority of us, yes, sunrise to sunset is our working hours. Sunset to sunrise is our rest and recovery hours. And those are crucial to maintain. And when those start to get messed with, you're going to notice effects all throughout the rest of your habits. So when we get into this chronic cycle, Jake, where we're not getting enough sleep and then what do we try to do? We get some extra coffee in the morning. Oh, I'm so guilty of that. I'll drink coffee till noon sometimes if I haven't slept well, which for me, I don't like. Noon, man. I'm I'm way guiltier than that. I'll, I'll <laughs> drink coffee probably at least till two o'clock a lot of times when I'm struggling and I have to get through the day. And that's the thing is we have to still perform. We have to do our jobs and we have to be on it. And so there's some hard decisions to make there. So we were talking just before the podcast started, Jake, about how we have to get ourselves up at the same time every day, even if it feels like we're punishing ourselves to do it sometimes so that we are tired at night and we do want to go to bed on time and we're not going to stay up too late and we just basically don't give ourselves an option. That's what I'm working on still, Matt. I'm still working on that because I notice it in the next days. My mood is really poor and I know my brain is just not functioning as it should be. My memory is bad. I know that elevated levels of cortisol have an effect on forming long-term memories. It's not good for your brain. It doesn't help your skin. You look like a zombie because you haven't slept and it decreases your testosterone. Yeah, so let's break the cycle. This is what we're talking about right here, Jake. How can we break the cycle? We already talked about the caffeine thing. Some people have a longer shelf life than others when it comes to caffeine too. So in other words, I can have caffeine closer to bedtime, it doesn't probably affect me as much as it will my wife, for example. So I think that those are things you have to consider. Do you need to cut out the extra caffeine earlier on in the day, or do you maybe not take it in at all? Some people I make did that, that for a bit, and I will say it helped. And then I realized that life is short and I like coffee, so I picked it back up, but cut it off at noon because I know that I'm pretty sensitive to it. I leave in like, if I have two cups of coffee too close together, I'll get kind of jittery and I don't like that, you know, jumping out of your skin feeling that it gives me. But noon is my cutoff time because otherwise I will be jacked up all night going through crazy labyrinths in my mind and not getting any sleep. So how many hours of sleep do most people need? Well, the answer is generally going to be between seven and nine hours, average of eight hours of sleep. Athletes that are training at high levels are probably going to need not only eight hours of sleep, but probably an additional nap in the middle of the day, maybe 10 hours. There's outliers is what I'm saying. And then there's other people that they might not need six hours might do it for them. That, that might be actually true for a small percentage of the population. But for most of us, I think eight hours is about right. And I would just say that if you don't need the alarm clock in the morning and you're waking up on your own, you're probably getting more than an adequate amount of sleep and you probably shouldn't have to worry about how much sleep you're getting. But I know I'm hitting that snooze button too often. How about you, Jake? Absolutely. I did it today. 
I didn't do anything for like half an hour either after I finally did get up. It took me a long time to wake up today, man. And I actually got up really early this morning, even early for me, because I'm starting to try to get up a little bit earlier so I can get my workout done. I can get my day started. And with my particular schedule, because I have to be at home when my wife takes off, which is about sometimes five in the morning or so, that means I have to get up pretty early to get in my workout. But Otherwise, I might miss out on that's too important to me to be able to get in my strength training. And so I'm going to just basically start to get to bed even earlier is my goal now. So it's all about what works for you. And does 10 to 6 a.m. work for me? No, I got to make it more like 830 to 3.30 in the morning and see if I can make that work for my schedule, which will be probably a little bit more effective long-term for me. And that's not to say that I'm always going to go to bed at 8.30. Sometimes it might be sooner. Sometimes it might be a little bit later. But as we discussed before, I think trying to get up about the same time every morning is the most important factor in staying consistent. Yeah, 3.30 though, man. Uh, I salute you. I will not be joining you in that, but good luck. I'm I'm at 4.30 right now, and even that is like crazy early. My 16-year-old self can't believe that I wake up at 4.30 anymore. But you know what I've been doing? We mentioned it a while back. We talked about those blue light filtering glasses that I've gotten. I wear those at night now regardless of if I'm using screens or not because I think screens for me is just kind of implied, so I just am prepared and I've got my defensive glasses on before I, you know, couple hours before I'm supposed to be going to sleep. And I also have on my iPhone, I have the warm screen mode, which is like kind of, it's less of an intense light and it, it will activate at certain times of the day. So it's like 7 p.m. until 7 a.m. I have it on that warm light. And I've noticed that that definitely helps. It's not like a cure for insomnia, but it, it definitely helps. Yeah, I think it's useful. It's It certainly doesn't hurt trying to use those kind of tools. Might as well. You just have to program it once in your iPad, and then every night it goes into that mode right. automatically. Mm-hmm. So it's, why not, right? Use it. I do like to sleep in a cool room as well. And so right now it's winter for us here. So sleeping in a cool room is not a problem. But uh, in the summer, I do have to get the AC going and also have a nice pitch black room. So little things like covering up any sort of night lights, which can be your clock if that is shining in your face. Oh, I've got those dumb light switch lights. So you can see the light switch in the dark and they glow. And I know I need them, but I wish I didn't. Yeah, there's probably a lesson to be learned there. When you have your little night lights, though, you feel more secure, Jake? Yeah, I feel safe and comfortable and nothing's going to attack me. It's like nothing's under the bed. I'm safe. (laughs) Okay, Jake. So we talked about sleep quite a bit. And most of us probably need to work on that the most. So I think that was important. And if you want to learn more, there's a book called Why We Sleep. And that's by Matthew Walker. I actually read most of that book kind of sporadically in sections, didn't read all of it, but I definitely got the gist of it and I would recommend it. I think it was a good read overall. You might not want to read 
all of the chapters because some of it gets a little bit down the rabbit hole, but I think it's worth understanding how important sleep is. So you know that concept where you know that something is good for you, but then once you really learn the spaces between those details, then you really buy in. So it might be worth it for you to read that book. Yeah, I remember that author was on a podcast talking about that book, or maybe it wasn't that book, but something else he had written. He studied this stuff for years, and this was a couple of years ago. I remember that podcast being the first one that actually changed how I live my life, was hearing that author speak. Oh, wow. Can you give an example to that? It was, I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said, when you're awake, you are sustaining low level brain damage, being metaphorical, obviously, and sleep is what recovers you from that brain damage. And when he put it like that, and he can explain it much better. So yes, I agree with Matt. I recommend the book or search him on YouTube, Matthew Walker. But basically after hearing that, I was like, okay, I actually have to change how I'm living my life. The recover, respond, repair, those are the three R's that we talk about a lot. When, when it comes to our success, I believe that we really need to give tribute to those three things. So we talked about our recovery quite a bit and how we can do that. Now let's talk about how we can respond. So Jake, give us a typical week of your training and we'll talk about how we respond to that training sure so it is flexible i don't stick to a this is a upper body strength day i don't do it like that but i make sure that i don't do two strength days in a row i won't do strength and then immediately follow it with power most of the time Usually if I do something that is going to make me sore, I'll have kind of a mobility or like extended protocol day, like extended stretching and self myofascial release and some mobility exercises. And then maybe like a nice quick walk. There's a little lake around uh, where I work right now and it's exactly one mile to walk around this little lake. So I'll do like a couple laps around that on a lunch break or something on my, on my active recovery days. And then on the weekends, I do like to do a little bit of light yoga and just like a hike. That's beautiful. So the recovery part of that is obviously going to be while you sleep and also when you're doing things like walking, it's helping you to recover. And the response part of that to me is how you see yourself actively recovering and how you value that as being important. So that's to me why I say respond because you have to respond to the stresses you're putting onto yourself. And that doesn't just mean your strength training. That doesn't just mean your cardio. It means all of your stresses and how are you responding to those stresses. So for example, for me, I've been really trying to do a little bit more reading and that's always a goal of mine. I feel better when I read my feel like I am doing something to respond better to the other stresses in my life. But breathing is probably the other big thing we've talked about a lot on the podcast before. So just when I'm going through my breathing cycles, for example, that 
circumferential breathing cycle where I'm breathing in deep through the, my nose. I'm getting my sides wide, that inner balloon, I'm blowing it up, and I'm just really relaxing as I exhale. The younger version of me would have thought that was hippy-dippy, uh-huh. Jake, but now I really value it. So this is part of my response to the stresses in my life. What about you? So I myself have a lot going on right now. My mind is very active at the moment. I think that's partially the reason why I'm having trouble sleeping is because my mind is active and I have deadlines and things that I have to accomplish. So what I'm trying to do is process those things during the day by journaling and then nearer my bedtime at night, I'm trying to turn my mind off. And I mean like Zen, no thought as long as I can. And usually it's not very long, man. It's only like a couple of minutes, but it does help. It at least is a bit of a reset button. And now those stresses, you know, those things, those external factors, they don't go away, but now you or I am better prepared to handle them. I love that you just brought up unwinding, Jake, because This has been another nemesis of mine. I am kind of a go, go, go kind of person. I always have been. When I get home, I'm talking a mile a minute. I've got to bring it down. I got to bring it down. I even catch myself telling my eight-year-old daughter, hey, it's time to start to wind down, right? (laughs) She's just like me. And as it gets close to bedtime, she's she's doing the opposite, right? She's spinning out of control and she's getting all hyped up. And so I'm trying to get her to calm down and I'm trying to calm down. So we just relax. We talk about our day and what do we do? We crack open a book and we read and she reads to me for a little bit of time and starts to get a little bit more tired. And then I thought to myself, well, that's what I need to do too. So again, with the breathing, I do my gut smashers a lot of times. That really helps me. So that's Jill Miller, gut smashers. Uh, She wrote a book called The Role Model, always a great thing to look at when it comes to recovery. And I have some books that I have by my bedside. The problem is if I pick up a book that has to do with nonlinear paradise training for the endurance athlete or something like that. I'm going to get revved up. You get too about, into it. Yeah. yeah. Right? I'm just, I'm excited. I'm like, Ooh, this is, this is good. Yep. This is good. So it's not about anti-glycolytic training. It's about glycolysis and what happened. Blah, blah, blah. This is not what gets me to go to sleep. Now that same exact subject, some other people would read it and go right to sleep. That would be perfect <laughs> sleep fodder for me maybe. But uh, no, my thing is uh, I used to read this uh, book. It's kind of like the Lord of the Rings and you know, there's like these epic medieval battles and I'm like, oh my God, it's midnight. I got to put this down. So this is an important point is that we need to know what kind of reading is good for us too at at night or what kind of shows even. Some people might watch a show that makes them laugh, they de-stress, and they go right to sleep. That's not going to work for me as well. I've learned the hard way in the past. I usually will get more fired up if I watch shows at night. So another change I've made, we've complained before about our Netflix, which, you know, real American problem to have, right? This is an Americanized problem that we've created for ourselves. I know. Poor me. I, I have too much options on Netflix. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I'm just not going to watch Netflix at night. 
I will watch it a little bit more on the weekends, uh, but if anything, in the mornings slash afternoons. But at night, we're not watching shows. And that's just for me personally, that's what's working. So that's what I do. But then looking at what type of material that I can read that I still am interested in, but it's a little bit lighter reading. So right now I'm reading a book that a coach, a friend of mine gave me, and it's about runners, but it's just some really nice lighthearted stories about runners, why they love running and their stories, their legacies. But that is for me, relaxing, enjoyable, and I can fall asleep after reading for a few minutes. And that's what I want. Yeah. It's not something that's going to get your heart rate up as if you're the one who's doing the running. And something else you may do, like me, is I listen to podcasts at night. And as long as it's ours, we don't mind if that's what you're doing either. But it better not be putting you to sleep because I think this is pretty rad stuff. Right, Matt? Yeah, man. And we really enjoy just bantering. Jake and I were talking just before the recording about how we really want to make this real. We'd love to hear your feedback. And if you enjoy this bantering a little bit more, I know that we enjoy just talking about everyday life, the type of rituals that we all need to follow, and how we can help serve you in your goals, but not getting too preachy and not getting so detailed that we're just kind of like, oh, look at me, look how much I know. In fact, the more that I have learned as a coach, the less I feel I need people to know what I know. Do you know? I know, man. I know. And I know that because you're confident in your position. And when we started this, we didn't want it to be like, oh, Matt and Jake know they have all the answers. No, we're, we're not going to have all of the answers. Obviously, we're here to help you. But we wanted you to see that we are humans. We're people, too. Like I just talked about reading fantasy novels before I go to bed. You know, we're not just these machines that do nothing but exercise and eat salad. Well said. Yeah, we're just like everybody else in that we just want to have the best opportunities. We want to be able to serve you guys with the best information we can give you. And of course, we would love to be successful at this, but I don't want to be successful for the wrong reasons. And I know, Jake, you and I share that. We have a strong value when it comes to giving out good information that people can actually use, but it's not about preaching. It's not about trying to influence you guys so we get more listeners. It's not about that at all. In in fact, we're always just talking about trying to make sure that whatever we're bringing up actually will help you guys. So let us know what you think about how we are relaying information to you. Let us know if you want more detailed information or if you like this bantering, if you would like to hear more of it, and certainly get in some questions for us your feedback is always welcome we love hearing from you and we love to answer your questions if you would email us at pendolaproject at gmail.com you can send in a question that we can either address on a podcast episode or just with you privately whichever you prefer we're also on facebook and instagram that's where we share the cool stuff and remember every day not just today is your chance to rest recover repair thanks for listening